Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning. Man, how many are excited to be here today? 10.30, here we are. Come on now. And man, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. That's going to be the only time you probably see me do like manual labor and it's recorded, y'all. That was real. That was real. Me and Cody, right? Come on, man. Like, you've known me since I was like 12. Yo, he, he saw, I saw your face when you saw the video. You're like, that really is him. I can't believe that. Love you, bro. That's good. Man, I'm excited. We, we are getting ready to demo walls, and uh, we believe that uh, in this next season, as we get ready to do this building expansion, God is getting us ready to reach more people for him. That's, that is the main reason why we're doing this. And so we're going to continue our Sandcastle series. But before we jump into the message, do me a favor. Give it up for everybody watching online this morning. Can we welcome everyone on Facebook, on YouTube? Thank you for joining us. Man, it's going to be a good one today. So, hey, let's do this. Stand to your feet. Let's jump right into the message. Let's go. And uh, first service off the hook. I think God's going to continue what he did first service, second service. I'm excited to share. Uh, we're going to go into the book of Genesis today. We're going to go ahead and read Genesis chapter 6, uh, continuing our series called Sandcastles, God Building in Us as God Builds the House. We've been talking about how God is establishing things in us and how we're called to build. And uh, today we're going to talk about a guy named Noah. And I don't know if you know about Noah. Hopefully you do. If you don't, it's all good. We still love you. Um, when I remember when I first got saved, I didn't even know where Genesis was, okay? I'm just going to be real. And so if you don't know about Noah, we're going to talk about a guy named Noah today. And I'm excited to jump in what I believe is some key things in this story for us in this season. And so Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 18. Let's go for it. Here we go. It says this. It says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. Come on now blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So good. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jabeth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Verse 14. Make yourself an ark. Everybody say make. make. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. Verse 15. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in, inside, in its side. Make it with a lower, second, and third decks. Verse 17. For behold, I will bring a flood upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on this earth shall die, verse 18. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for doing in this place. Pray you would speak through me. I pray I would get out of the way and that hearts and minds would be open to what you have to say to them this morning. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. So if you're taking notes today, the title of the conversation and the title of today's message is Just Keep Building. Just Keep Building. And we've been talking about the whole concept of building and God's calling us to build in this season. And uh, actually, last week, an uh, incredible job Pastor Matt did. Come on, can we give it up for Pastor Matt? Amazing. 
Good word, bro. And like everyone showed up for Thanksgiving. I was like shocked. Like, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I was like, wow, this is like really popping in here right now. This is cool. And um, I actually had something different planned for this week when I was preparing the, the whole kind of series and what we we're going to talk about. And then Pastor Matt, briefly, like for like, what, like 30 seconds, I think you like mentioned Noah and just something leaped in my heart. And I was like, we need to talk about Noah next week. And, and I think the reason being is because uh, for those that remember in, in Sunday school, anybody remember the Sunday school days, Noah building the ark, all that good stuff? Uh, it would kind of be remiss to talk about building if we weren't going to talk about one of, I think, the most prolific and master builders in all of scripture, which is Noah. Noah's a legend. Noah's an icon. You know you're legit when Jesus talks about you, as if you're the example, right? The Bible talks about in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke, Jesus refers to Noah as how the times that we are going into will be like how Noah's times were. The writer of Hebrews talks about Noah being a man of faith. And then Peter in the Bible, in 1 Peter, talks about Noah. And so, like, Noah is the real deal. Like, I don't know if you're a basketball fan in the house. Any basketball fans? Okay, like four. Okay, cool. That's fine. But, like, it's one thing for, like, commentators to talk about how good you are. It's another thing to, talk, to, to hear Michael Jordan talk about how good you are. Right? And just to settle the argument, yes, he is the GOAT. Okay? All you LeBron James fans, you need to repent. Because he's the goat. And so there's one. Thank you. Come on now. I'm taking offering again. Shoot. <laughs> it's just one thing for legends to talk about legends. Jesus refers to the iconicness and the faith and the times of Noah. And as we were praying, as we were getting ready for even this week, I feel like God just wanted to tell someone in the room that if, if you could just keep building, I know God is gonna give you the grace to keep building. I feel like there's some people who might have came in today and maybe you're in a season of discouragement. Maybe you're in a season where it feels like it's tough. Maybe you're going through some things. Maybe you're not seeing things the way that you knew that God told you you were gonna see them or what you're supposed to, but I came to tell someone in the room or watching online today that you can just keep building, that God is gonna give you the grace and the faith and the confidence and the boldness to not stop what God has already assigned you to. And here's the interesting thing that I think about this story. And I'm just going to go through a few points. I think they're going to be very simple, kind of fundamental, but I want to go kind of deep with them. We'll see how it lands. I just feel like some of these things are really going to help someone, though. And so before we go into a couple of the points, let me just start with the first point, which is this, is that all you need, this is what Noah teaches us, all you need is one God moment. All you need is one God moment. Let me explain. The Bible says, which I think is one of the coolest lines, and, and it's just maybe just gripping my heart this morning, is the Bible says that, and Noah was a righteous man, and he walked with God, right? Come on, I don't know about you, but if those were the ESPN highlights of my life, I'd be winning. I think most of us need to understand this, that people are going to only remember two or three things about you. What are the two or three things they're going to remember you when you're gone? The Bible remembers Noah as he was a man who was righteous. He was a man who walked with God, and he had a bunch of kids. That's awesome. And some of you, you got a bunch of kids. Let's be real, okay? And I find it interesting 
that God calls Noah. So the Bible says that earth is so bad. There's so much violence and chaos and sin and destruction that it begins to grieve God's heart. And he says, we're gonna do a reset. We're gonna wipe this out. Now, for people that are um, critical of the Bible, they, they use this actually to go against the character and nature of God, that they say that God's evil and that God actually doesn't care about humanity. But it's actually the opposite because here you find in the story that God is upset and brokenhearted because of the behavior of man. I want you to catch this. But yet the same God finds favor with a man who has God's heart. And I think this is an interesting dynamic to understand and comprehend in today's day that is really important for us. And the reality of it is this, is that you can either have God's heart or you can break it. And your life can either be, have the favor of God on your life it can have the grace of God. It can, it can be connected to the heart of God or you can actually break God's heart. Now, we find in the end of the story, if you, if you didn't know, if you make sure you gotta know the end of the story, you gotta read the Bible. The Bible says that Noah builds the ark and, and actually God saves humanity through Noah. God saves humanity through Noah. The, the, the message of the story is not God wanting to get rid of humanity, no. Because what you find in chapter six is the Bible says that God decided that he's gonna wipe out the earth, right? We following? Okay. Yet he decides to rescue humanity. Even though he already decided to destroy humanity, he decides to rescue humanity because he found favor with someone who walked with him and it was a man named Noah. And actually what this is, is a foreshadow to how he uses one person to change humanity in the future and it ends up being Noah's great, 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 whatever grandson, which is Jesus. And what we have to understand and comprehend is when we read this passage, although it could be hard to understand God causing a flood and all these things, at the end of the story, God makes a covenant with Noah and says, I will never do that again. I will never wipe out humanity and I'm gonna trust you, Noah, and through your line and your lineage, everyone's gonna be reborn and repopulated. And it's this master plan that God designs because his heart isn't against us, but it's actually his heart is for us. When you read the book of Genesis and you read the story of Noah, it's not that God hates humanity. No, it's actually the other way. It's that God actually loves humanity. God loves a humanity that hates him. I want you to understand that. That you and I, for some reason, we, 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 in our human nature, it's easy for us to hate God. But yet again, God's nature, he does not hate us. He does not hate us. And, here, and, here, and here's why I give all that kind of history with this point. The Bible says that Noah is a man who is righteous and who walks with God. And then out of nowhere, God decides to give him a word. The Bible says that God one day came to Noah. Now, and I want you to imagine this. Because you have to understand, the way we read the Bible I think sometimes we approach the Bible and we think it's like a big fairy tale, let's be honest, right? We think it's like just a storybook. It's not, it's deeper than that. And we know it all works out for Noah because we know the end of the story. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about, right? It's kind of like when you watch the movie, when you go to the movies and you watch an intense movie and you're like, wow, that was amazing. You saw the twists and everything. And then you go, I don't know about you, but you go again to the movies to watch the same movie and it's, it doesn't feel the same, right? 
And does it feel the same? Because you know how the end is going to happen. We don't understand the intensity of this passage because we understand that Noah ends up making it and he builds the ark and it's all good and we're here. But imagine it's you in this moment where Noah gets a word from God. Just, just put yourself there. Like, imagine you're just hanging out. You're just watching the Raider game or the Niner game or whatever the heck you're doing. You're just hanging out. And God decides to show up in your house. He just says, hey, I want you to build a boat. I want the boat to be the size of a football stadium. It's gonna take you a long time to build this boat. Everyone's gonna think you're crazy. And then the reason why you're gonna build the boat is because there's gonna be a flood and I'm gonna kill everyone. I don't know about you, but if that was a prophetic word I got in my life, I'm talking to my pastor, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Noah gets this word and he's like, what are you talking about God? And God's like, this is what I'm gonna do. And Noah has the audacity to say yes. Noah has the audacity to say yes. And here, here's the point I want to bring, okay? Here's the point I want to bring out of all this. And if there's anything that we can get encouraged by this story. Number one is all you need is one God moment. And this is why I say that. The Bible says that God told Noah to build the ark. God told him why to build it. God told him how to build it. And God called him to build it, right? He gave him the why. I think God was being nice because it's a kind of a hard ask. He gave him the how. You know, here's the measurements. Here's everything. Here's the instructions. And, and I don't know about you. I, I don't know about you. But Noah must have some pretty secret skills if he's going to build an ark because I have trouble with Target furniture. I can't even build the Ikea stuff right. Like you've seen me. I don't, I don't even think I was breaking the wall right on the video. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. God isn't going to ask me to build a boat. I'm just going to be real. But apparently God knew he could trust Noah to do what he asked him. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says God calls him to build a boat. And then you don't hear that the next time God speaks to Noah is when the flood comes. Noah decides to build a boat, to build the ark, to dedicate his entire life to one word that God gave him. One word that God gave him. God gave him a word and he did it. And he did it all the way until the flood came. And here's my point that I want to make with that which I think is so important for us to articulate. Maybe the reason why you and I feel stuck in this season is because you are waiting from another word from God, but God already gave you a word and he's not gonna give you another word until you do the first word. Listen, I'm a Holy Ghost guy. I'm a, I love the prophetic. I love signs and wonders. I love miracles. I believe cancer can disappear. I believe God still raises the dead. I believe demons are real and they can get casted out. I believe in the power of God. I do. I love it. But, but what I have learned in this, in, this, in this thing that we've had, as humans, we just do this. What we can do is we have developed an unhealthy relationship with the prophetic movement that forces us to expect God to speak to us every time we want something new. When God says, can I just give you a word and you actually follow through with it? You want to know why Noah was powerful and iconic? It's because God told him one time to build the ark and Noah did what God told him. Family, you don't need another word from Jesus. You don't need another sermon. You don't need another message. You don't need, you don't need another book. You don't need another self-help title. What you need is to do what God told you to do. What we need is we need people in this day and age, who would decide that God's word is real, that he speaks, that he is alive, and when he tells me to do something, I'm gonna do it. And I'm not gonna stop doing it until he tells me to do something else. 
One moment from God is all you need. Imagine the audacity and the tenacity, the zeal that Noah has to listen to God one time and build the boat. To build the boat. To build it when no one else even thinks it's important. Why? Because he had a word from God. Like imagine that answer. God told me to build the boat. So I'm gonna build the boat. I'm just gonna keep building. I'm just gonna keep building. And Noah didn't have to look for another word because God already gave him the first word. I don't, listen, I don't think God doesn't speak. Absolutely, he can speak and he can give you new stuff. But have we got addicted to the, the new thing? where we've forsaken the thing that God is already trying to do in us. And can I tell you that what, you know, it's, it's, what, it's what Samuel says, that God loves obedience way more than he loves sacrifice. God loves when we say yes. Our yes moves his heart. Here's the second thing that I think is so crazy. How many times has Noah said yes to where God can trust him to build a boat? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way that one day God was like, well, I got no one else. I might as well just go with Noah. No way. How many times, because the Bible says that Noah was a righteous man who walked with God. See, 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 there's another person in the Bible that I, I just, just brings to mind, and I didn't say this first service, but, you know, the Bible talks about how Joseph, Jesus' dad, was a righteous man. But it doesn't say he walked with God. The Bible earlier in chapters actually says Enoch walked with God, but he wasn't a righteous man. How, how does your walk with God look like when God explains you to the history of generations of people that you were righteous and you walked with him? That means that God has already told him things his whole life and Noah follows through. Right. Good. Noah follows through. And I think that's so encouraging that even when God calls you to do the little things, the little things matter in the big run. In the, in the big grand scheme of things, what we have to articulate and understand is that when God is looking for someone to do something amazing on the earth, he first has to see if they'll do the small things first. Can you walk with him before you do something for him? Come on. Can you walk with him? Can you be with him? Can you fall in love with him? Can you serve him? Can you trust him? And then I'm gonna give you an assignment. And here's what I've learned is that the people who are called to do crazy things for Jesus often have to be faithful in the small things of God first. Secondly, if you are in this room and God is calling you to do something that you would never dream of, you never thought it was never your idea, it's something hard, it's something difficult, you are in good company because God only asks people who he trusts to do hard things for. I don't know about you, but when you first got saved, when I, first, I remember when I first got saved, it was awesome. Get saved, right? you go to that church service, maybe that camp, maybe that conference, you fall in love with Jesus, everything's different. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? It's like the honeymoon phase. That moment where we talk about it all the time, you're on the altar or wherever you're at, boogers on the floor. Come on, ladies, your mascara's all messed up. Your face looks twerk. That's a Mexican word for like messed up, okay. Right? God wrecked you. And then you just, it's easy, right? You're, you're in the zone. You're in the zone, man. You wake up early in the morning. You read your Bible because you want to. 
You enjoy fasting. I don't know how that's possible. Right? You sign up for like five small groups. You're just all about it. You're just all, and, and it just feels so good, right? It's, it's like you came alive for the first time and you're like, man, this is amazing. And, and for some of you who you've been able to carry that your whole walk with Jesus, I commend you. But here's what happens with most of us, most of us, is anywhere between like six months to a year and a half, that, that's kind of year, year and a half, two years, six months to two years, all of a sudden things get hard, right? Okay, I'm not the, okay, I'm, I must be the only one, okay. All of a sudden, all that feeling, the, 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 the ooey gooey, love of God, you know, sloppy wet kiss feeling, you know, that's the song. Whatever, it like goes away. God calls you to do something extremely difficult, like stop doing the thing you used to do in Egypt, right? Come on now. Stop doing the thing you used to do in sin. Cut that relationship off, cut this person off, stop doing this, start doing that. And then, and then it, it literally feels like this. It's like God's like, okay, I'm done. I'm gonna back off and you do you, boo. And then we start freaking out because we don't feel God, we don't sense God, we don't know God. But the reality is it's not that God doesn't love us and doesn't care for us, is he actually now trusts us to do something for him. He actually trusts us to do something for him. He actually now has given us something. He, he's actually given us something that matters to his heart. And what he does is he steps off so you can actually do what he's asked you to do. He, he wants to understand, is this relationship based on things that I give you or is this relationship because you want to follow me? If you have ever been in a season where God pulls off, if you've ever been in a season where you can't feel God or sense God anymore, it's not because God hates you. It's actually because God's wanting to go deeper in you and he wants to make sure this relationship's the real thing and not just an emotional fantasy you have in your mind. And so imagine how much then does God trust Noah to save humanity? How much? I wonder if God were to, if this would happen today, this is just my question that I, I asked myself when I was preparing this message. If, I was, if, if this was happening today, would God have asked me to build an ark and would I have said yes? Real talk. Would I? And chances are, I don't know. I would hope I would. I would hope that I was so close to the heart of God where I was able to follow him in that. But if I wasn't, what are the things in my life that I'm getting in the way? Is God able to trust me? Number two, all right, is don't let what you don't see stop you. Come on, don't let what you don't see stop you. And so I love this story because I just think it's kind of crazy to think about. The Bible says that Noah gets a word from God. He has to build an ark. Scholars kind of debate on this. They don't know if it took 100 years or it took 10 years. But either way, that's a really long time, guys. Like, it doesn't matter. The fact is, it could have taken 10 years, as fast as 10 years, or it could have taken 100 years of his life to build this ark. I don't know about you, but I can't even do things for like a whole day. Right? Sometimes there, there's still things in your house that aren't finished. Let's be honest. Come on, let's be real, y'all. Right? There, the, the, you all came to church this morning and there's dishes in the sink. Let's be, let's, you said you were gonna do them last night and you didn't. Let's just be honest, y'all. Like no judgment, but I'm just saying. Mo, Noah puts his face to the ground and he says, all right. And, and I, don't know, I don't know how the conversation went. None of us know. In my mind, I would imagine it's like, God says, yeah, bro, you're gonna build an ark. It's gonna be massive. You're gonna save everyone or you're gonna save just your family. You're gonna save all the animals. Everyone's gonna die. 
Good luck. And I can just imagine Noah being like, no, that's not it, man. I don't think that's you, God. Right? Like, how many times does God ask us to do something hard and we fight back? How many times does God actually give us the direction for something we prayed for, but yet we don't want to do the thing we actually prayed for? Right? And Noah's hard thing is building a big old boat. How many times does God ask you to do something like hard? And everyone's hard is different perspective, right? But it, hard, like, hey, I want you to go to church every Sunday. And it's like, God, I don't know, man. I don't know, I'm busy. And you know, like, like that brunch at that spot's fire and you know, whatever. I want you to sign up for a group. I want you to go talk to your neighbor. I want you to pay for that person at Denny's. I want you to love on that cousin that really doesn't like you. All right, right. God will ask us to do hard things. And I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes when God asks me to do hard things, it's not like I jump up out of my seat. I'm like, yes, God, I will go. I'm the one. It's like, no, bro, that's not real. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, it's not like I, I just wake up in the morning like, God, my, my, I just wake up and my life is to please you. I'm like, bro, I need to jump in the shower and I need to get ready for the day. And you just start thinking of all the stresses and stuff. And, and I wonder when God came to Noah and said, hey, Noah, I need you to do this and this and this and you're gonna build an ark and da-da-da-da. And I wonder if Noah's reaction was like, yes, God, that's me, I'm gonna do it. Or if Noah was like, I don't know, Jesus, that sounds kind of crazy. Regardless of the fact of how he processed it, we don't know how he processed it. Regardless of the fact he resolved it in his heart to do it, and he did it. So day one, Noah gets up. And I, 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 you can very obviously see that I don't build things. Let's just start. I'm just going to make a motion of pretending to build something. Apparently, you, you make this motion when you build a boat. Sawing motion. That's better. That's better. That's better. Sawing wood. All right? Sawing wood. His wife gets up. Hey, Noah. What you doing? Oh, God told me to build an ark. Oh, that's cool. Like, how big? Like a big ark. Like, like big, big? He's like, yeah, it's probably going to take me like a long time. And she's like, all right, let's see how long this lasts, right? You know what I'm saying? Because wives, let's be honest, are, how many of you have a husband that just like jumps into projects, but he never finishes it, right? Let's just... <laughs> like my poor wife has to deal with me. I get, and, and the way my personality is, is when I get into something, I get into something. Like I become an expert. I spend all night on Wikipedia. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden you got to know what you, you got, because you got to know what you're talking about. Because you don't want to be around other fans or other things that people are into and you don't really know, you don't want to look like a fool, let's be real. And so I bet she's like, I bet this won't last. Let's see what happens. And then day two, he wakes up, starts building the ark. Starts building the ark. His kids come. Hey, dad, what are you doing? I'm building an ark. Okay, what's that? I'm building a boat. Well, why are you building a boat? Because God's going to kill everyone. <laughs> and his boys are like, man, why do we have to have that dad? You know what I'm saying? Like, they already know he's like, dad, you're the only one in school who prays. Like, you're the only dad who does the things you do. Why do you, all right, he's already weird. We'll check on him the next day. Day three, the cousins come, the cousins that he doesn't like that come to Thanksgiving every year. The cousins come and they're like, cousin, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Why? Because you're going to die. And so we got to save our family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because you didn't bring anything to Thanksgiving. That's why you're going, I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, it don't work like that. It don't work like that. Why are you building a boat? Because, because God told me to. God told you to build a boat? Why would God tell you to build a boat? I don't know, but God told me to build a boat. Okay. 
Cousin, why are you acting like that? You're just wilding out. I'm just going to build a boat. Day four, day five, day six, day seven, day eight, day nine, day 10, day 20, one month, six months, one year, two years, three years. Now it's just getting ridiculous. Three years, four years, five years, six years, a decade. Maybe that's the soonest, but we'll just keep going for just time's sake. Two decades, three decades, four decades, five decades, 50 years. Come on, we celebrate when people are married for 50 years because it's such an accomplishment today. 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, potentially almost a century of building the same thing. And you don't think at once that Noah would be discouraged? Imagine the people who ridiculed him. The Bible talks about it in, in, in Matthew. That up, the Bible says that up until the ark was closed, people were marrying and partying. They thought that what he's doing is a joke. They thought what he was doing was irrelevant. But Noah is obedient on a word that God gave him because he knows a flood is coming. He knows what God told him to do. He's gonna, and even if the flood wasn't coming, I still believe Noah would build the boat because God sold him to do it and he said yes. And I just imagine this, over the years, people coming to check on him. What are you doing, Noah? I'm just building the boat. Why are you building this boat? This is a dumb thing to do. Why are you gonna build a dumb boat? Because God told me to build the boat. I just kept his head down. And here's the reality. There, there, there's, there's kind of debate on this where scholars don't know if whether when the flood came, it was the first time it ever rained or if actually it rained before. It, it really doesn't matter. I think either one is fine, but, but let's just say the first one, okay? Let's say it never rained. Imagine people telling Noah he's crazy. Yeah. Noah, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Why? Because it's gonna rain. Well, what does, what's rain? Like, just imagine that conversation. <laughs> what's rain, Noah? It's this water that comes from the sky. Bro, you are tripping. I don't know what stuff you're on, but they're all worldly, so they're like, give me some. You know what I'm saying? I'm just fine. <laughs> you tell me there's going to be water that's coming from the sky. Yes, there's water that's going to come from the sky. What's going to happen when all this water comes from the sky? Noah, everyone's going to die. Oh, now you're, just, now you're just crazy. Imagine Noah day in and day out building and there's no rain. Imagine Noah day in and day out building and he doesn't see what God promised him. Imagine Noah day in and day out building and his outside doesn't look like the promise that's in his heart. Imagine Noah day in and day out building and what it looks like in the physical realm is not what God promised him in the invisible reality of his life. But yet he's building and yet he's building. Now let's say it rains a little bit, which I think that's probably what happened. I don't think it didn't just not rain. I think it probably rained, but who knows? I didn't live in Genesis. I didn't live in that time. You can't really know. And so let's say he's building and there's a little sprinkle and a shower that comes. Come on, if that was California, that means nobody's driving that day and nobody going to church. Let's just be honest. Little sprinkle that comes. And I imagine Noah, it starts sprinkling and he's like, God, is it time? And it's not time. And imagine all his friends or family or the people that would ridicule him. They're like, look, Noah, it's raining. Look, there's no flood. Imagine if Noah lived in the time of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Oh my goodness. 
this boy would have got canceled for building a boat because it's not what society wanted him to do. Imagine the tweets. Imagine the keyboard warriors behind the computer. Come on, some of y'all know who they are. Some of them might be in this room. We'll pray for you. Imagine the ridicule. Imagine everyone saying things about him. And Noah's like, I'm not going to let what I don't see detour what God put on my heart. And I want to challenge someone that if you're in this season of feeling discouraged, if you're in this season of feeling isolated, if you're in this season of feeling like you just, you just can't keep building, you, you can't keep building your marriage, you, you, you can't keep building your family in the ways of God, you can't, be building, you can't keep building your relationship with Jesus, you, you want to quit this thing, can I tell you that what you are doing is you have your eyes on the wrong thing. Faith does not look like when you see something and it happens. Faith looks like when you don't see it and still believe that God's going to come through even when it's not happening in your current reality. And what we have to do is we have to let God inject us with a little bit of faith every now and then to believe like how Noah did, that I'm going to keep building. Even when I don't see it, I'm going to keep building. Even when it doesn't look like what I want it to look like, I'm going to keep building. Even when it's not what it seems, I'm going to keep building. I was just talking to a family member about this recently. Just, just to put it into perspective, uh, I was talking with a close family member, and, and one of the things that's happened recently in our family is uh, uh, one of our family who is kind of not following Jesus, they, they kind of fell away, came back into following Jesus recently. I'm talking like revival. And the person I was talking to was very intricately a part of this other part of our family coming back home. And I remember we were just in the car and I said, man, can you believe it? It took about 12 years, 10 to 12 years. I said, can you believe that it took you 10 to 12 years of praying, of, of, of coming to church on Sundays, of, of raising your kids the right way, of loving on them, on serving them, of doing the right thing. For example, like not going and getting drunk at the party to not lose your witness, not not doing the thing where you're going to cheat on your spouse or wild out on social media. 10 to 12 years of saying yes to God consistently, 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 knowing that in your heart, the dream of your heart is that this one family member comes back home and their family would come back to Jesus and your consistent faithful obedience, all of a sudden God moves in it and then what took 10 to 12 years, everything changes in six months. Family, can I tell you that that's how God moves sometimes? That God is not interested in moving on your timeline. Because God is interested in not only doing what he wants to do through you, but also helping you establish what he wants to do in your heart. And the truth is, is that we don't see what I believe God would promise us to see if we stop building. Imagine if Noah just all of a sudden gave up. What if he did? We'll never know. And thank God we don't have to. But what I do know is what faith looks like, what devotion looks like, what commitment looks like, is God, I'm gonna build even when I don't see it. God, I'm not gonna let my physical eyes begin to deceive my heart. God, I'm not gonna let what I see in the physical, I'm not gonna let what the bank account says, I'm not gonna let what my kids are doing wildly now, that family member that's a prodigal, this marriage, this, I'm, not, I'm not gonna let what I see physically determine what God promised me. I'm gonna keep building.
I'm going to keep doing it. 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 I'm going to say yes. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to trust in that word that God gave me. I'm going to trust in what Jesus told me to do. And I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And I don't know if I'm ever going to see the promise, but I know, God, you come through. Family, I want to believe that God would raise up a people in this house that would have that kind of boldness. I want to believe that God would raise up families that would have that kind of boldness. That God would raise up young people that would have that kind of boldness. That men that would have that kind of tenacity to stick your head into the ground until God moves. To not move and to not budge. To be firm, to be strengthened in your, in your heart. And to not let anything detour what God has in your life. You guys with me? Last point. Because what you do will last for generations. What you do, what do we do, will last for generations. The Bible says that Genesis here, I'll read it to you, just the last verse. It says, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wives with you. You know what's cool? Is Noah didn't build the ark just for himself. He built it for the next generation. Can I tell you that the reason why it's so hard right now is because you're not building for yourself. You're building for the next generation. And we talk about this a lot. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this. Like, well, what is the thing that your church, your church talks about often? Like, right? Like, there's consistent themes and... I just said, man, I don't think you're ever going to get out of a Sunday where you're not going to hear either about the presence of God and the Holy Ghost being in your life or about what you do is generational. And so you need to be spiritually healthy. You need to let God heal you from the inside out so that way your next generation doesn't have to deal with what you dealt with. We talk about that all the time. So it's not new. But, but can I articulate the language a little bit? Because I think it's very important. And I think this passage gives us some clarity on it. You need to understand this, that what you do today, not in 10 years, not in 15 years, not in 20 years, today will last for generations to come. You want to know why? Because the trauma you've dealt with in your past, part of it is because of the people who came before you. You are a byproduct, whether you like it or not, of who's come before you. The good, the bad, the ugly, absolutely. And look, I'm not saying everyone's going to be perfect. But for someone like myself who has dealt with extreme trauma, I've, I've been through some stuff. And I know there's some people in this room, I know some of your stories. You've been through some stuff. Part of the reason why you've been through some stuff is because of the people that came before you. I'm not trying to put anyone on blast, but let's just be real. They, they were crazy. They were wilding out. For myself, generations of lawlessness, of sin, of shame, of abuse, of addiction, generations, not, not just my dad, my dad's dad, and my dad's dad's dad, like generations of it from both sides of my family. And you know what the beautiful thing about the gospel is? Is that the gospel in one generation can change the trajectory of someone's timeline. I don't say this to lack empathy of anything. I am absolutely empathetic. Listen, what you through, went through and what your family went through and what your family's families went through, absolutely it was valid and it was real and it was hard and it was tough. But can I tell you that you do not have to let your kids go through what you went through because Jesus can transform hearts. Because Jesus can change family trees. 
And maybe the reason it feels so hard now is because you need to understand that you are not building an ark just for you, but you're building an ark for the next generation. You're building something. Even this place, like let me just, as a physical example, I'm not trying to build a bigger, we're not trying to get a bigger church because we want to just be a bigger church and be cool and have like some cool lights and like be like the vibey, trendy church of the Central Valley. That's so shallow. I want to, we need to have a bigger capacity so we could reach more people, not now, but in 20 years from now. In 30 years from now, in 40 years from now, in 75 years from now, I'm believing that our kids are going to run this church. I believe that our and, and families we don't even know yet are going to come to this house and they're going to what? Reach people. The gospel would be proclaimed throughout California. That darkness would get pushed past against it. That a great light would shine in this city. It's not for us. It's not for us now something greater and, and and I want my life to be that I want my kids to know they have a that there's an ark there's there's a place there's there, there's a place in their dad or one day I'm gonna be old and be a grandpa there, there's a place in my heart where they can encounter Jesus and listen I know I know you can build the ark but don't mean they're gonna get on okay I know that because how many know kids are stubborn? You can spend your whole life doing something. You don't know if they're even going to jump on the boat. I, I get that. But that doesn't, just because you don't know if they're going to jump in the ark doesn't mean that gives you permission to stop building. And can I tell you, for me, this just, it just hits close to home, man. First generation Christian. Believing that what God is doing in my life is not just for me, but it's changing the trajectory of my lineage for the next 100, 200 years to come. Can I tell you, when I was younger, I had a dream in my heart that I was going to be like the coolest preacher ever. I really thought I was. And I, I was kind of good at it, so it didn't help. And I remember just, just, just the dreams I would dream were like, man, I'm going to be in, on a stage with thousands of people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wave my hand like Benny Hinn and everyone's going to fall out. If you don't know that joke, go Google it. It's really funny. That's what I thought the dream of my heart was. Can I tell you? It's shifted in the last few years, man. That'd be cool, but I don't care. I don't care. You know what the dream of my heart is now? I just, I just think when I'm old, I'm like, I'm not going to give an age because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> when I'm older, and I just, I want to have a, I don't know, like a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. Let's just use that or a day where all my family's around a table, my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids. You know what the dream of my heart is? Is that they all, we're all talking about Jesus. Yeah. We're not talking about addiction. We're not talking about sleeping around. We're not talking about the, the, the things that... that the, I don't want their dinners to be how my dinners were. I want them to know that their parents are and their grandparents are in their life. Can I tell you the big dream? Here's the big dream. Here's, here's the big dream in my heart. I want to believe one day that I have three or four generations of Scoses in the prayer room. 
praying at a prayer meeting with me. If you've never been, if you've never been in a prayer meeting, they're a lot of fun. And I do this thing where I, I, I'm in that corner, I walk in a circle. And if you've ever been to a prayer meeting or even on Sundays, I pace back and forth. And I'm walking in a circle, not because I'm spiritual, but because I'm tired and so I don't want to fall asleep, okay? So if you ever see me pacing, it's not because I'm intense. No, it's like I'm, I'm tired and if I sit on the chair, I'm going to take a nap. And I love taking naps. And so I'm going to walk in a circle. And one day I'm going to have my son and my grandson and my great-grandson walking in a circle with me. I don't, I don't even care if anyone's in the room. But there'd be a generation, there'd, there'd be multiple generations of scoses that are deciding to follow Jesus. That's the dream. I just, I just sorry, I am. Um, I can see it. Even though I can't see it, I can, I can, I can see it. I can, when I close my eyes, I can see it. And then it makes sense why it's so hard to build today. Because the devil knows that if he can get me to stop building that ark now, it doesn't affect me. That means someone else has to build that ark later. If the devil knows, the devil knows that if he could get me to stop building today, if he could get me to quit today, if he could get me to shut it down today, if he could get me to let go today, then it goes to the next generation. And family, I just refuse. I refuse myself to stop building because I want my kids to experience the God that I've experienced. I want my kids to know the God that I know. I want my kids, I want my kids and my great kids to love Jesus the way I love Jesus. I believe that everything we do today is not just for us loving God, but it's us building something for the next generation that's to come. I want you to know in your heart that the reason why it feels hard and difficult and it's crazy and it's messy and why God's convicting you and why God's challenging you and why God's calling you is because there is something greater at stake. It's not just about you. And if you can learn that now, it will all make sense later. And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, but God will inject you with some faith and some grace and some strength. Why? Because he understands that it's not just about you. You're going to create a a place for other people to meet Jesus including your family because what you do now will last for generations can I be a place myself can, can, I, can, I, can my life be a place where my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids can be man I, I want to know the Jesus my grandpa knows uh, can I, I want to know the Jesus that, that I, I, I want to know I want to know that God and I believe today that God would want to stir up some faith in us today for that, to give us a greater vision. Come on, stand to your feet. I want to let you go. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.